You know what one of the best and worst things is about you and me? It's it's <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. <laughs> based based on our conversation before we hit record, I have a little bit of a feeling I know where you're going with this, but do tell. We both can procrastinate like it's nobody's business. We've got it down to an art. And remember, procrastination pays off now. <laughs> I want to remind you that I said we should keep rating and record tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yet here we are. <laughs> the people need a show. <laughs> uh, th- like there has not been a time in probably the last six months where I wanted to play any game more than create content. But the last few days, I just man, I I just want to keep playing Tarkov right now. So this is uh, this is brutal. I even typed that in Discord earlier tonight. I was like, I hope everyone knows how hard it is to not be grinding to level twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. This week, we're back. We're going to talk about Patch 12.11, the good, the bad, and all the things that you have to do to get the flea market open at level 20. It's been a while since we've done hideout keeping, and for all of you new listeners, that's the part of the show where we just have some announcements. So let's get into a little bit of that, and then we'll get into the main part of the show after that. Yeah, so a reminder for some, and an FYI to probably a lot of you guys, but a little over a month ago, I made an announcement uh, in Discord and social media, but I know not everybody does those things. But I started a new job, and after accepting that, Uh, My family and I decided to do some impromptu trips to see some family that we hadn't seen in a few years, and I started the new gig on the Monday of Wipe Week, and I'm just now working on getting settled in. So the reason I'm announcing this is I really just wanted to thank everybody who listens to this podcast, to Winner Winner, or on YouTube, Twitch, whatever. Uh, This job is a direct result of creating content, having a portfolio, if you want to call it that, and the support over years now, which is so weird to say on the Xfil here. All the support through Twitch, through the podcast, it really means the world to me. I know it means the world to us, but I just wanted to say thank you for that because I got into this role as a direct uh, result of having the portfolio. The best part about it is it's not in the gaming arena, so there is no conflict of interest, which also means I can keep podcasting. So you have to deal with me for a long time to come. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm pumped for that. I'm excited to be home. We're excited to be in front of the microphone again. I know uh, <laughs> we we may have tried to procrastinate tonight. We weren't successful in our procrastination, which is not usually the case. But um, before we before we jump into the wipe or patch twelve dot eleven, you said something to me right after the wipe happened, and for the better part of a week, I've been thinking about it. Uh, you said, "I hate that I like Tarkov." And we had a good laugh about it when you said it, but as we finished our series on Tarkov 1.0, our dreams, our thoughts, our kind of musings about the game design and what we think the final product could look like, and we're now moving into a fresh wipe, and we've both been playing it. So I thought it would be fun, or at the very least funny, to dissect that comment a little bit. So you want to tell me about why you hate that you like Tarkov? Well, the big thing with Tarkov is the game itself is not fun, it's rewarding. And we've talked on the show a couple times about how game design leads you down a fun and rewarding or fun or rewarding. And there are moments in Tarkov that frustrate me 
there are moments in Tarkov that I, you know, I feel great. And with the new wipe, I was thinking about how I'm not really a seasonal gamer. I don't really like seasonal games. I like persistent games. But Tarkov has captured me in a way no other seasonal game or, you know, non-persistent game ever has. And I like that, but I also hate that at the same time, because I generally (laughs) find it kind of annoying to have to do the same thing over again for the sake of doing it. And yeah, so that that's what I meant. I started, I logged in day one, and before I even started a raid, I sent you a message in Discord. I was just like, ugh, here we go. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm not, you know, mad about it. It's just a, yeah, Tarkov's like a, just a, a, a bad habit you can't drop sometimes. <laughs> well, and, and there was a point where... I was looking at this wipe and starting the new job like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to start when everybody starts, and that makes me not necessarily want to dig into it, and I wasn't sure there was enough content to really warrant a wipe, and of course, we're going to talk about Factory and the revamp of Factory, which of course I'm pumped about. There was a point where it was like, man, I don't know how much time I'm going to be able to invest this wipe. So because of that, we were just kind of like laughing about how, at least I was laughing about how, oh my gosh, I really don't want to get in that scenario where I'm behind or I'm just getting wrecked or I have a frustrating task that I can't get through. And then lo and behold, the wipe comes and I fortunately had the time that I like to dedicate to a game when I really want to play it, even with a new job starting. I also just got to, I had quite a bit of hours to sink into it. So it it was just an interesting way that it rolled out. But I just, I was really concerned about getting motivated and getting excited to play the wipe. So anyway, that comment just stuck with me because it kind of reversed for me, but I was worried about it. Yeah, I was kind of worried about it too, because I had stopped playing for about the last three months of the wipe. I had reached all my goals in the game and I just wasn't really that interested in keeping playing as often as for sure that I had in the early part of the wipe. So I maybe only raided once or twice a week, basically. I got rusty. And what I realized when I logged in and started playing is things which I have been able to do, I had to practice a little bit. And so it was it was a little frustrating to be rusty. It came back pretty quickly. But it was a little frustrating to be rusty. So did you feel rusty at all when you logged in and started playing? Because <laughs> I was I was hoping you weren't going to ask me because, dude, I was playing a lot of PUBG. I, like I played a lot of PUBG the last couple months and then got into Burning Crusade Classic, which has been a blast. But that's replaying a game I've played before. So I'm not like, that's kind of what I do in Tarkov, too. So I guess I can't explain that away that way. I got a really good start on Burning Crusade Classic, and I feel good about that. So, But anyway, I was playing other games a lot because I had reset my account with the intent in Tarkov to do one task at a time. Well, then I started talking to this company and was really hopeful it was going to lead to a job. And then that took away all of my extra time that I was going to devote to that project. So then I was stuck knowing I wasn't going to have time to do the project and knowing a wipe was likely coming based on everything that was going on in-game and all the crazy events that they did. And so I wasn't playing either. Even when I did want to play, I was level 9 and didn't have any money and had only done like 3 tasks because I had to try like 20 times. So I had leveled up a lot, but I hadn't done anything. I didn't have anything unlocked. So I wasn't playing either. All of that resulted in me being extremely rusty, not really playing a lot of Tarkov. The momentum, the way the character moves, my aim was bad, the settling of the scope. And it it is kind of like riding a bike, like I got back into it quick, kind of like you said. But I did some just really, really stupid stuff. Like I got myself killed a bunch of times. Like uh, the one I know I got myself killed on, I was on factory and I totally shifted and made a bunch of noise and I realized it the second I did it and I had a horrible gun and I just like it was awful and this guy just owned me you know and so like that was the first one the other one that I messed up on and I didn't die to this I forgot how short the grenade toss is when you haven't leveled strength at all so I was in the connex that's near gate 3xville on factory 
and I was trying to throw a grenade up into the balcony area. I aimed it, you know, where I thought I should throw it, and I underthrew it so hard, and it, like, hit the beam and bounced back at me, and it ended up doing, like, 140 damage to me because I saw it and ran away, but it was just one of those moments, like, oh my gosh, like, I totally forgot about skills and leveling up, so it was, like, kind of funny, but also, like, frustrating to get back into the groove of things. Yeah. I actually had probably one of the biggest face palms I've ever had in Tarkov just today in a scav run on Shoreline, the place that I should know better and I just totally forgot. The sniper scav on top of the power station shot me. It was my fault. I totally ran out in the wrong spot and I should have known he was there. And I heard a scab yelling, and I totally forgot there was a sniper scab. And it's just, I felt so stupid. I had a moment where I, like, I looked at the screen as it went black, and I was like, really? This is what just happened? <laughs> oh, was it a one-tapper? Oh, Did yeah. he one-tap you? Oh. Head eyes from the sniper scab, and you're like, yeah, yeah. So th- that just happened. And, you know, it is like riding a bike, you know. It's like riding a bike after you fall off and, you know, break your legs a couple times <laughs> and roll down the hill. But it is just like riding a bike, yes. <laughs> yeah, and then someone looted your tires and your handlebars and your seat. So you're riding around on a bike without a seat and maybe one pedal. Right. <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> right. And then and for insurance, you get back half a chain and one <laughs> one bracket for a break. <laughs> yeah, and then someone's driving up the street on a hog coming after you <laughs> when you're trying to pedal down. <laughs> kind of like, you know, Mad Max. Yeah. So it's, it, it's pretty crazy how being rusty and jumping right back into the wipe after not playing. And that's one of the things about Tarkov and the game design that's really interesting is how everyone finds their own spot where they're done in a wipe, right? Or where they've completed everything that they're driving to do. And they play for fun at a certain point. And I hit that point and then the wipe continued on and uh, I got a little rusty. So I wanted to make sure we talk about that a little bit because I'm sure there's other people like us that can laugh with us. Oh, the rust is absolutely real. (laughs) So speaking of rust, though, I mean, the place where I would normally knock the rust off would be factory, right? And so I went into factory early and we're going to talk about just the highlights of the patch. We're not going to go through everything. We're just going to hit the stuff that we've seen, we've experienced and we think is cool or maybe we think it's not so cool. But I remember I was like, okay, I need to get into factory. I need to do some PVP and just kind of get back into it. Of course, the first time right? They they revamped factory, they added about 50% more area, they added new tunnels and just a bunch of great stuff. My first spawn into factory this wipe, when I was trying to knock the PvP rust off, I spawned into the new side, right? Which factory's pretty small still, but when you spawn into the new side and you don't know where anything is, I mean, I got absolutely dominated. <laughs> Because I didn't know where anybody was coming from. And I, I was on the new side and there's that new area that goes behind Forklift where you used to spawn adjacent to Forklift. And there's now a tunnel that goes under that area. And there's a tunnel on the, the main level that goes around the back. And so I was in the tunnel and somebody looped around the back. I heard them and I just didn't know what angle they were going to come at. So I actually ended up having really good crosshair placement, but they peaked me and I ended up shooting a, a guardrail or something and they, they headshot me. But it was just that moment of like, oh my gosh, it's going to take a little bit more than a factory raid to wipe the rust off. So yeah, what, what do you think about the new factory expansion? Have you spent any time there yet? I have. And I spawned a couple of times into the new area and the first time I really took my time to try to figure out where the connecting places were I intentionally didn't look anything up. I wanted to just go at it cold. And, you know, if I died, I died. Didn't care. The first two times I went in, I died because I wasn't exactly sure what I was hearing. That's the interesting thing about Tarkov is it's so sound dependent that I wasn't 100% sure what I was hearing. Especially there was that new big room I was hearing metal and I got totally turned around. I thought it was uh, 180 degrees from where it was actually coming from and the guy just was behind me. And then the second time around, I that new tunnel, someone came through that new tunnel behind me. I heard them. It just didn't react quick enough. And so, you know, it, it's interesting how that how that works. I have not run into the new boss yet. I have uh, I haven't seen him. I've been up around the office area. Uh, I've had a couple of fun kills in the stairwells going up to office with grenades. Noticed that uh, 
people like to, for some reason, creep up the steps. And I'm like, just going to throw a grenade at you and you're going to die. So that was an interesting thing. That's happened in like three or four raids. Nice. And where I, I've killed maybe three PMCs that way. Like if you're playing factory, don't creep up those steps. That's a bad plan. Pick a level and hold the level. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so- now on those steps, they added that bottom level, right? So the... The office used to be kind of a three-story thing, but now there's actually another level on the very bottom. Yes. It was always a three-story, but now there's a walkway underneath the bathroom now. So that's a pretty big addition on that side. Yeah, don't try to hold the stairwell. That's a bad plan. Pick a level, hold a level. People are stuck in the stairwell and just just don't be one of those people. So I don't know. It's been interesting. But like I said, I haven't run into the new scab boss yet. Yeah, so I have actually. So... Tagila, Tagila, Tequila, I've heard some people call him. I ran into him twice. One, he absolutely dominated me with his Saiga with AP20, just wrecked me. But I ran into him really early on when I was like level four or five. And I had an AK that I got from a scav run. I knew it was him because I saw the face mask and I didn't know much about him. I didn't read up on him a whole lot. I knew he had the hammer, but that was about it. And I saw him across the map and i he seriously was playing like a very knowledgeable player would play factory is what it felt like like it was scary like he he was peeking weird angles shooting from crazy angles and i actually encountered him in like three different spots and he was just running around the map owning everybody because this was like day one or two of the wipe and then finally i got up to the very middle of the map near the wooden floor where the two coats are and the couch is underneath the metal stairs. And I peeked out and he's staring right at me. But as he's looking at me, I unpeek really quick. Another player shot him in the back and he flipped around and killed that player. And I peeked out and I sprayed into his back with just this basic AK with, I think it was probably BP or something, whatever the scav had. Yeah, I think it was probably BP or PS, something, I don't know. But I it took like 20 shots into his back. I wasn't really aiming. I was still kind of in that shaking off the rust, freaked out mode. But I killed him. I got to loot his mask. I got the labs card off of him. And then a scav respawn happened. So I actually had to put anything and everything I could in my pack. And then I started getting shot at and I ran out and exfilled. So I still have his mask in my inventory. I haven't ran it yet, but for those who haven't seen that, it's actually a face covering. It's a class five armor. I think it's probably going to be the new like meta helmet because it covers everything on the front of your face except for nape is really the only thing it doesn't cover with class five armor. So I haven't watched a ton of streams or anything yet, so I don't know if it's being run all the time, but it seems very, very powerful. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder how many there are going to be, though. You know what I mean? Because, like, you're going to kill them, find it in raid, and maybe be able to sell it. But I wonder how many of them. I've played Factory, mm, I don't know, at least 10 times, and I haven't seen them. So I, I don't know what the spawn rate is of the boss. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. I'm not sure if it's higher or lower than the standard ones that are usually around 30%. I've probably done like 15 Factory raids between Scav and PMC thus far. And I saw him twice, so maybe I'm seeing him more often than others. I don't know. Yeah, where did you see him? Uh, So I saw him basically towards Gate 3, Exfil, just below the office stairs. I saw him over near the forklift spawn doors. That was the first place I saw him. And then he was in the new area somewhere. But that time, I mean, he was literally just running around shooting everything. So the entire raid was just a massive firefight the whole time. It was very unnerving. Gotcha. Yeah, I've just been in regular factory. So look, I actually look forward to uh, to fighting him and figuring out how to beat him. Yeah, and I guess like adding the scav boss onto factory, I think is really cool, especially at the end of the wipe. I mean, a few episodes ago, I talked about how You know, I was just killing low-level players on Factory, and that was just not fun. It wasn't interesting to me. So they did a couple things to Factory that I think are going to be amazing for keeping it active throughout the entire wipe. One is the Scav Boss, right? It improves the loot. It improves the challenge from a PvE aspect. But adding in all of the extra space to Factory, I, I really have to give props on the map designers on the new Factory because... A lot of the issue with Factory, in my opinion, was I I even did videos on this. You clear the spawns. 
because you could almost box people into these choke points where they had to fight you, right? Forklift spawn still is a bit of a choke, but since there's more space now and the spawns are a little further apart, it's not quite as bad. But now you have options, right? You don't just have to go down glass hallway. You can go down into the tunnel system, and now you have different tunnels you can take, right? They've added on some extra tunnel so that you have more than one option. There's kind of like two lanes now instead of just one lane. And for that reason, I think they did a fantastic job. It's not like they added a huge amount of square footage, but you now have more escape options. You have more flank options. And I think it's going to create the environment of Factory being a very solid PvP map over the entire course of the wipe. And I think for players that don't necessarily like to initiate or engage in PvP, you have a lot more options to move around safely and outflank your opponents. So I think from that standpoint, this factory expansion is fantastic. Like I said, I only have 15 raids on it compared to hundreds on the old version, but I'm very, very impressed out of the gate with what they did in this map. Yeah, I like the fact that you are not boxed in nearly as much. And I also like that at the end of the raid, it's a lot harder to lock down the whole map because it was easy for us to go in as a two-man, kill the other PMCs, and just farm scavs, including player scavs. And then at about five minutes left, once the player scavs were dead, we took our time looting and sorting, rinse and repeat. That strategy worked very, very well for us, but does actually get kind of boring after a while. And so I actually like that there's going to be more activity. It's going to last longer. It's going to be harder to do that. And I just think it's great. Yeah, same. It's funny in the beginning of the wipe when scavs can sometimes come into the raid with better gear than your PMC. Like there's nothing scarier than like looting in an area that's kind of locked down. And then all of a sudden you hear the scav respawn. And you're like, oh, crap, I'm really far from the exfil. And now there's like three or four player scabs that probably have better guns than I do. And they're they're just going to be sprinting around trying to find anybody that's left. It's it's fun. It's a really fun map to play right now. So if you haven't jumped back in to the new factory, I wouldn't take your best gear in right away because a lot of the angles have changed to your point. You know, we used to farm that um, glass hallway side of the map a lot. But now they've opened up the middle of the map and they've made the tunnel system a little bit harder to figure out where people are coming from. So opening up the middle now, again, there's a second lane in the middle that goes to the new area. And then you have that same door that goes to the old area. But that allows for longer distance shots. I'm sure there's going to be some angles that I haven't even thought about yet that are new. Like when I was walking on the top, you know, up in the rafters. I noticed that you could look through those glass windows and see the new area on the other side. So I don't know if you can shoot through those glass windows. I didn't test that yet, but it's it's just going to change the gameplay a lot. And I, I'm really happy about that because it still kept that small kind of tight feeling. But now you have options. So yeah, pumped for uh, just continuing to dive into that map. Yep. Same for me as well. So let's talk about one of the interesting things that can really ruin your factory experience. <laughs> oh, they've added weapon malfunctions and deterioration into the game. So have you run into that much yet? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I've died twice to weapon malfunctions. One of them, I just started laughing because it was before they released the patch notes, right? So if you're kind of late starting in the wipe, they released the patch and the patch notes came out a few days later this time around, which I don't know if they've done that in the past. In the last year and a half, that hasn't been the case. We always had the patch notes ahead of time or as the patch came out. So I didn't know they added weapon malfunctions and I'm on customs. It's like my third raid and I'm using some VPO from a scav raid that I did. And I'm crossing the um, one of the land bridges between Big Red and the uh, construction area. And I get into a firefight and I full auto this thing or I'm single tapping. I can't remember if it's a full auto gun, but I'm clicking as fast as I possibly can. And all of a sudden I hear click and I'm like, what in the world? It's not shooting. So I click a bunch more times. Nothing's happening. And then I see the little notification on the bottom of the screen that you have to hit alt T to get the misfire out. And so I do that, pop the cartridge out, look for the guy and get headshot. 
right then, and I just started laughing. I'm like, of course they don't release the patch notes, and I get killed by this before the patch notes come out. So, yes, I've run into it. The first time I laughed, the second time I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, the the one time that I've run into this, it was not in a firefight. It was after a fight. I had a shotgun on a scav, and I had fired the shotgun and killed a PMC, and then the shotgun turned red. And I was like, what is going on? I had put maybe, I had reloaded it once, so I probably put six, maybe seven rounds through it. And then the shotgun turned red, and I couldn't use it. I couldn't do anything with it. So you had a critical malfunction. Yeah, I had a critical malfunction. And so that was super interesting because I had to ditch the gun. I couldn't do anything with it. So I I thought that was different. And so then I just picked up another gun off because I had a couple of dead guys around me to to loot. And so I picked up another gun. But that was my, my first experience with it. And then my second experience with it, not really understanding what the system really meant, you know, kind of knowing that they've talked about this in the past, but not really understanding fully what the implementation was going to be, because we didn't know, was when I was trying to sell the guns from my scav runs, and I couldn't sell them to the traders if they were too broken. (laughs) (laughs) And then I noticed on fence, there's a lot more stuff on fence than there ever has been. Like it is maybe by a factor of five, right? And all the guns on fence are the broken guns that the traders don't want. So it's a super interesting system. I think I think it's actually kind of cool. You know, maybe we'll see how there's different mitigations for different types of deterioration. Maybe they'll add some things in the hideout that you can modify your gun with the workbench or something. There's all kinds of stuff you could do with a system like this. But I've I haven't run into it in combat, so maybe my opinion will change if I die because my gun goes click and nothing goes bang. But so far, it's just been about getting rid of what I've gotten out of scavrons. Kind of a funny note about this. As it relates to fence and having a bunch of weapons that, yeah, I noticed it too. Like you see all these broken weapons and more variety than I was ever used to in the past. And when I got the gunsmith task from mechanic, I was like, man, I wonder if I like farm fence for a little bit. If somebody will sell the like MP133 that has the pistol grip on it, because usually I find that on a scav for the gunsmith task. So I don't. I don't know if I want to admit how much time I spent refreshing fence to try to catch somebody who sold a broken MP133 with the pistol grip, but I was unsuccessful, but I spent quite a bit of time just seeing if it would happen, right? So I was wondering if you could do that. So if anybody successfully buys like a gunsmith task gun or a gun that has a part for gunsmith, I want to know about it because I think that would be kind of a neat bonus. And it takes me back to Diablo 2. And like doing shopping or gambling for items, refreshing the vendors over and over and over, trying to get the perfect like jeweler's play to the whale. If anybody played Diablo, you probably had a jeweler's play to the whale at some point, which you had to refresh the traders in that game for like hours to even have a chance at it. So it kind of made me nostalgic for that. But I wonder if someone's had like a lucky find on fence yet. So I'll be excited to hear about that. I was really, really hoping to get that gunsmith task done doing that, but (laughs) I got bored after like half an hour. (laughs) You know, you never know. There was another task that we found something like that for last wipe. Was it the task that you needed to find and raid tack rigs? We were searching the flea market or or was it fence? I forget. I think it was fence. No, no, no. It was the body armor. It was the body armor that you had to have under 50%, the 6B43. Yeah, you would shop fence for somebody that sold the 6B43 that was already damaged because you could use the percentage, like repair percentage. So you would do zero to 49% and then just refresh fence to see if somebody would sell one. And if I remember right, you got one doing that. Yeah, I think we both actually picked one up doing that. I just remembered that we had already been successful trying that once before. I don't recommend that. You're going to waste so much time. It's ridiculous (laughs) to try. But if it ever happens, it's pretty epic. (laughs) Oh, man. So that's, uh, yeah, so watch out for those weapon malfunctions. I think it's uh, Alt-T or Shift-T is the default. You'll get the little notification when that happens. The other thing that a lot of people learned about before the patch notes came out was Scav Karma, right? And this is a system that when we interviewed our first guests on the Exfil way back when, they all talked about Scav Karma. Like it was something that 
the developers, I believe, have been talking about implementing for years, like three years at this point. And it finally showed up in the game with no explanation. And so when everybody scaved in for the first time and killed another scav, everybody saw that minus 0.02 reputation with Fence. And everybody learned right then that scav karma was in the game. So it's finally made its appearance. I have to admit, I don't fully understand scav karma yet. I find myself having two like major breakdowns in how I think about scav karma. First of all, it looks like it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult to get to six reputation with fence. 0.01 at a time. <laughs> <laughs> And second of all, one of the things that I find myself doing is I'm just used to killing everything that moves, right? You're used to shooting scavs and PMCs and whatever. So I know that on stream you had a pretty cool moment uh, with scav uh, karma and the result of gameplay changes and how people are playing slightly differently. I haven't experienced that yet. I've been shot at by everybody I've been around. So I, the only thing I've scav karma has done is discouraged me from shooting NPC scavs. So I maybe have shot a few or a few less than I would have in the past. But I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what scav karma is all about. From what I've read and experienced in game, it looks like people are kind of working together right now. I'm I'm curious if the random groups of scavs that are working together now, if this will last throughout the wipe, or if this is just a novelty thing that people will just, after a certain point, stop doing. I don't know. Like, it, it's really interesting. You know, I think one of the things that I was really wondering how they would push players to work together, right? They put in those extracts on a bunch of maps where you had to have a PMC and a scav to leave. And at the end of the wipe, one of the pre-wipe events was if you did it successfully in one of the exfils, you got like $100,000, right? Just a ridiculous amount of dollars. Incentivizing people to try different gameplay or to interact in game. And I always thought the concept was really cool. I just didn't know how it would play out. So I'll be honest, I was really skeptical that Scav Karma would work even when I saw it in game because I'm like, well, early wipe, like if I see a Scav with an AK or armor or whatever, I'm going to kill him. But I found pretty quick after I killed a couple Scavs, I was like, man, I really don't like this reputation down notification. Like, I just don't like it. And so it caused me to like second guess. Now, I did second guess a PMC the other day and I wiggled at him and they shot me in the face. So, so I, I learned to be a little more careful, but the event that you referenced on stream, I was in the back of Goshen heading towards Ollie on interchange. I come across a two-man scav team, and so I wiggled at them, they wiggle back, and we all start looting. And then as we're approaching the bay door out towards the, you know, the ramp outside of Ollie and the Goshen exit, Another two-man scav team came from Ollie, and we all start wiggling, right? And then everybody started chucking the barter items onto the ground. So there's five of us, presumably none of whom know each other or are not in Discord or whatever else, and we're all throwing the items we don't need. And then people are picking up the stuff that they need or want out of that pile. And then as a five-man group, we worked through and looted the entire Ollie store. And then did the, you know, item throw again. And then we all exfilled. And I was like, this is crazy because the only other time that I had an in-game cooperation scenario was when I ran into a hatchet runner on labs. And this is well over a year ago. I used voice lines to communicate with this person. I took them to some raiders that I killed, got them geared up, and we ended up extracting out of one of the elevators together after killing a bunch of, of raiders, a couple players, and it worked out. But that's the last time that happened. So in the first couple days, to already have in-game player interactions with the Scav Karma system has been really cool. The downside to it, in my opinion, is that there's more Scavs alive looting maps, which means some of the loot is really needed early on, like hoses and car batteries and spark plugs and Saliwas. I think they're going to be harder to get because the PMCs had their first run through and then scavs come in. And if an early scav wave comes in and people aren't killing each other as scavs, 
it's going to be harder to find loot if you get a late scav into a raid. So, and, and the maps are huge, right? It, it may force people to explore other parts of the map because there's common things that are looted early. So I don't know if it's going to amplify that issue or if it's a non-issue and there's enough people still killing scavs because they don't care about the rep. But so far, I would say I've run into two dozen scavs that haven't shot me. And we've either just ran in the other direction or thrown loot on the ground, picked it up and ran away. But it's happened a lot where I, in the past, like scavs would just shoot each other. So very, very interesting change. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in the community just either accepts it or doesn't. With things like this, people will either start to make it almost like a cultural norm in Tarkov, like every game has those things, right? Or it'll just be a flash in the pan and kind of a novelty thing that people remember from this wipe, and Scav Karma will turn out to be a bust. Again, I think they've started Scav Karma off with the reward being way too far off to be practical. So I think that the issue is going to be that you're going to get to like three, and that means that you have helped or killed a scav that killed another scav, or I'm not exactly sure how you get positive scav karma completely, but you get it 0.01 or 0.02 at a time. So that's, you know, that's 50 incidences per one, right? So that's, you know, 300 things on the short end and 600 things in the long end. So that's to get to the next level of reputation with Fence. So unless the next wipe is, you know, seven years long, I don't see how it's going to be really that meaningful. So I, they might change it, but that's kind of where I look at the system. Yeah, I know that there's got to be a way to do it faster because one peg who's a streamer, and I didn't watch the video, but somebody already maxed out the reputation somehow. So there must be other ways to get reputation with Fence or there's ways to farm it. I know there was a video on Reddit about it. I just didn't watch it. But the reason I know about this is because after he hit max rep with fence, he then killed two raiders as a scav, and he lost all of the reputation that he gained for killing two raiders, which I don't think is the intention of the system. (laughs) But he went from being fully leveled with fence to like negative six rep (laughs) over two raider kills as a scav so i don't know exactly what the uh there's there's got to be other ways to get rep i I don't think it's just shooting scavs who shoot other scavs i don't think there could have been enough random occurrences of that to get him to max already so we'll be excited to dig more into it but i i agree i think in general i don't think people are going to focus on getting fences rep so i think this is largely something they put in for high playtime players And I I think that's okay. And if they get to experience it this wipe and then they change it down the road so more people can experience it, I think that's okay. I mean, MMOs do that all the time. It's like high tier raid content or end game content that, you know, if you're a more casual player, you don't get to see until they release it in a lower tier or something. So I think this is okay. It it may be a little aggressive out of the gate, though. Yeah, I would guess that at least half the player base doesn't know it exists. And so it's one of those things that, like I said, will either turn into a cultural norm or a flash in the pan for this wipe. And I guess we'll see. Yeah. But speaking of uh, massive changes, have you seen the sorting table? Have you used it? I love the sorting table. Oh my gosh. What a great, great quality of life change. I completely agree. I think the sorting table is awesome. It grows dynamically as you put more stuff in it. Did you notice that? And it's awesome. I didn't know that it grew dynamically. Yep. So if you add like, uh, put a couple tack rigs, you need more squares in the bottom, it just grows. And so you can move stuff around and it was completely necessary because stash management, this wipe is kind of a fiasco <laughs> so far. Well, yeah, but before we get into the stash management, if if somebody hasn't seen the sorting table, when you're on your inventory screen and you're in your stash... On the lower middle of your screen, there's going to be like a, it's like nine little squares. And if you click that, it opens up effectively what looks like an empty scab junk box or something. And you can use it to put items from your stash or your PMC into the sorting table. And then you can scroll up and down in your stash and, and make room and move stuff in and out. So really, really cool change. 
But I do want to get to the reason why I think it was added, which you I think you were getting ready to jump into. Yeah, I think that because they moved the flea market to level 20, stash management is really, really a challenge right now for the early game. And especially if you don't have EOD, you are literally trying to deal with knowing for sure that you don't want to get rid of certain items because you know that you're going to need them for your hideout progression or for quests or whatever. And so much so that they move the scav junk box to be just an item you can buy. I bought mine at level six for just a straight up 1 million rubles. And it wasn't there the first day the wipe happened. So this was a major change. They went back on it because I think they're really messing with this. And I'm not sure they actually have a plan. But uh, what do you think? (laughs) Well, I was one of the ones that bought the 1.9 million ruble scav junk box after I hit level 13 or 14. And then the next day, they added in the uh, level one version of it. I think this is one of those things where it, it sort of feels like the the level 20 flea market, the intention, right? And this is me talking here. I don't know if this is Battlestate's intention because they didn't say it. But I think the level 20 flea was intended to extend the early wipe feeling at least a little bit. And I don't know how effective that's going to be. I actually don't know that this is the best way to accomplish that. But by doing so... You're right. It created just a horrible stash issue. And in a lot of ways, it it had some unintended side effects. And I think one of them was kind of what you talked about, where you're saving items that you would normally save, but now you're faced with not being able to sell or use those items right away because, you know, it's a little harder to upgrade your hideout without the flea market. The other thing that's interesting is the good weapon modding screen isn't available until like the edit preset one, I think. I don't think that's available until you unlock the flea market. You know, you can use the weapon modding one, but that only uses stuff that's in your inventory already. So the other unintended consequence, or maybe it was intended to force people to learn the traders, you have to either know what attachments and rails can go on certain guns, or you've got to do a lot of experimenting by buying stuff and using the weapon modding system. But the uh, the better, in my opinion, weapon modding screen isn't available to level 20 as well. So that one was a little rough. Yeah, I didn't even know that yet. But I think that this whole change is a reaction to some opinions of the game and a direction that needed to be tried. And we're in beta, so it's a good time to try it. I think that uh, this is probably going to be something that's majorly tweaked because if they've already created a stash management item that's accessible at level one, I mean, doesn't it seem like this was not really planned out well? And and why do all of this if you're going to give people cases at level one? It just seems like, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, and, and I've said for a long time that I think the Scab Junk Box is one of the most powerful items in the game. It's really your first access to saving a lot of space in your inventory, and now it's just a grind at level one to be able to buy it. You know, 1.1 million is a lot of rubles, especially for a new player, especially for somebody who hasn't figured out the economy or whatever you want to call it in Tarkov yet. But, you know, you can get there reasonably quick or you can at the very least grind to get there, run scav, run, sell everything that you get out with, that kind of thing. But within a couple days, change the scav junk box to go from loyalty level two therapist to loyalty level one and nearly cut the price of it in half tells you how big the complaints box must have been regarding not being able to sell barter items or having to hold on to stuff. And I just found that really interesting. And I mean, the the first couple of days of the wipe, like the discord was just blowing up with people like, where do I put all this crap? Like, you know, and I, I can't even fathom doing it with uh, non EOD versions. So those of you that are out there on standard accounts or something in between standard and EOD, like power to you because it's a mess, man. My stash was a mess until I got the scab junk box. Yeah, stupid change. Didn't help the gameplay at all. That's my opinion. (laughs) I don't really know what else to say. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think for me, I guess I wouldn't go that far. I think that the level 20 flea forced me to learn the traders better. I had to learn where to find certain items that I'd never farmed before, like toothpaste. 
which in the grand scheme of things wasn't super interesting, right? Like it, it did affect my gameplay. I was going to new areas, but only to get a specific item. And then when I was done with it, I was out of there. So it, it was kind of interesting in that regard. I think where the big question mark is going to be is, you know, I don't think that level 20 flea is going to really put that much time on to when a normal like high t- high playtime player has access to very good gear. Like it's it's a road bump. It's definitely not a detour. What that makes me worry about is not right now at the time of this recording which is, you know, 6 days into the wipe, but a week, a week and a half from now when low playtime players are just starting to get into the level 8, 9 or low teens or whatever. And the high playtime players are, you know, big gap out there. Probably there's some already in the 30s and probably 40s at that point. Now you don't have ways of targeting items or doing runs to get items that are higher value to to maybe fund that gap or that difference in playtime that sometimes gear could take the place of that. So I I think it's not right now where it's going to really show itself, but in a few weeks, it's going to be really interesting to see what it looks like. Because at the end of the day, if you have a bunch of high playtime players using the flea market, and then if you have a bunch of low playtime players get frustrated because they can't, you're not going to have people buying a lot of the barter items and it's going to change the economy. And at some point, you're just not going to have people you know, selling stuff at reasonable prices. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if this is going to prove to be an okay change, a good one or a bad one, but I'm, I'm leaning more towards concern than thinking it's a good change. I just, I like you said, I think it's going to need a lot of iteration before it's good. I mean, just the scab junk box getting made that much easier to get is such a crazy swing in the first five days of a patch. Yeah, you're being too nice about it. It's a stupid change. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It hasn't changed my ability to have fun in the game, but I also was able to put quite a bit of time into the wipe out of the gate. I mean, to be six days in um, and I'm level 19, I don't know what the average player is at, but I feel like that's pretty far along. Um, I know there's people in their 30s and stuff like that, but I think from an average, I'm probably on the higher end this at this point. And it, it hasn't changed my ability to have fun. I've just had to do some things a little differently. And I've enjoyed that, but I don't know that everybody will enjoy that. So I don't know if I'd go so far as say it's a stupid change. I just don't know that it was implemented um, the best it could have been. Yeah, it's not affecting me nearly as much as I thought it would. I bought a scav junk box. Making money in Tarkov to me is extremely easy. And so I bought a scav junk box at level six. Now I have my storage for my find and raid items that I'm going to keep. I'm probably going to buy another one because making money is easy and I can have my long-term quest items and then I can have my sell at the end of the night box, which is a system that I know that you use. And that's the same system that I use as well. It just keeps your stash organized as you plow through. And so it doesn't make any sense to me why you would try to gate things and then offer stash management. If the game is going to be hardcore, and that's what you're trying to make it as a hardcore simulator, you're trying to force decisions, right? You're trying to force decisions. What do I keep? I need to keep this. I need to keep that. I can't keep everything because, you know, I can't keep everything in real life. But they're not doing that. They're just people complain, so they change their mind. And it just is just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me long term uh, how they're going to manage that. But we'll see. The game is in beta, and that's why we're testing it this way. And we'll see how many people actually keep playing and don't get frustrated. And because you're right, in about a week, there's going to be a solid group of people in their late 30s, early 40s with all the traders unlocked, dominating everybody. There's going to be very little you can do about it if you don't have access to the flea market. Right. But again, I just, I don't, yeah, I I totally agree with you. I, I guess even. If the point was to slow the release of top-end gear into the flea market so that lower levels didn't have access to the best gear by farming other items and exchanging that through the flea market for gear, at some point in the very near future, a lot of people will end up getting to level 20, and then those people will have access to that gear. So it's like, I mean, it's not really gating it in a meaningful way. It's just adding like this little road bump of time 
And I think it's unnecessarily punishing to new or low playtime players, which I don't think people are crying out. Like you said, it's not like your gameplay is affected a whole lot. I just think it was an unnecessary change and it doesn't do a whole lot to the game other than just people are going to grind to level 20 just like they grind to level 10. You know, it's not making a huge radical change, but I don't see what it adds to the game. I think it just took some stuff away. Well, what's going to happen is Tarkov is all about the ammo, really. And what's going to happen is the people that can get high with the traders and get high with the flea market quickly are going to have access to the best of everything. And they're going to dumpster on people that, you know, they just got scav weapons with tea in them, you know, or something. You know, you just, you're going to see another PMC fire at them and they're going to laugh at you because they're in class four or class five and you're rocking, you know, class three at the best, right? And that's going to be the experience for a lot of people until they get to level 20. Uh, starting in about, uh, I would give it another week. Starting at about day 14 of the wipe, that's going to be the experience for a lot of people as they try to push through because the questing is going to be largely complete for a lot of those high time players. And they're just going to be grinding to Kappa, which we'll talk about in a, in a little bit, which has been changed significantly. And they're just going to be dumpstering people. You're either going to accept that as part of the game or you're going to get frustrated because progress is really hard to make at that point. I'm not saying people's decision is going to be one way or the other. I'm just saying that, in my opinion, I think it's a stupid change. That's where I'm landing. I mean, we're saying similar things, just different sides of the coin, I think. I think it was a not fully fleshed out change, which you could call it stupid, I guess. But I just don't think it was worked out to the point of really taking time to think about how it's going to actually affect players. Right. And that's what the scab junk box change points to. It was just like they just, there was never a consideration of what this is going to do to stash management, what this is going to do to people holding on to items and causing those problems. So to have that knee jerk reaction on one of the most powerful cases in the game. Uh, yeah, I agree. We're saying it in different ways, but I just I'm not sure I think it's a great change. So, yeah, I think that's uh I think we surrounded that issue pretty well. Um, there's a bunch of other changes that happen, so I'll just kind of fly through these. We'll hit a couple of them. There's a as you get into the game, you'll notice a lot of the optics were changed. You know, some of the sights were changed. They moved the camera to be at an equal distance from the weapon across the board. So you're going to notice your screen looking a little different depending on what sight you have, and then some of the, uh, especially like the red dots, the PKO6 and some other dot sites, you'll notice that the optics are quite different. They Some of them have bigger sight pictures. Some of them have bigger holographic sites, things like that. They've added a limit on the number of items that you can put in the flea market in one shot. We already talked about the flea market being accessible at level 20 and not before. The Like Ronald mentioned, the Kappa quest is now much more difficult to complete. There are several quests that have been changed. They've changed and rebalanced spawn chances for a lot of items. And I think there's some that they forgot to put back in the game. Uh, they've, they've rebalanced some weapon mods to fight the meta presets that were available before. Uh, they've rebalanced the availability of top tier ammunition and gear. They've reduced the strength skill bonus for movement speed. And then the last major change that was in the notes was they've increased the leveling speed of the mag drill skill. So you brought up Kappa. Is there anything else in there that you want to touch on as well? No, I think we should uh, we should definitely talk about Kappa for a few minutes. I guess the one thing I'm kind of curious about is the mag drill skill because I never focused or have not focused on mag drills, and I'm wondering what was the height of your mag drill skill. I think at the end of the wipe last time it was like three or four. Like it was very very low. Yeah, it leveled so slow that it was just kind of something I didn't think about or I found to be not worth pursuing. So I'm wondering what that is going to mean, because that is an interesting thing. So if you need to reload a mag, you know, while you're in raid, you're in that screen, right? You can't really see what's going on. So you have to find a safe place to do that. If that was cut down by 30% even, that's a huge deal. So that that is kind of interesting to me. But I definitely want to talk about Kappa. Yeah, yeah. I, I When I first read that Kappa was changed, and, and I think, and I don't know if this is confirmed or if the rumor's out there that you have to get to level 71, but the fact that they, you know, changed the 
really the beginning of the game as it relates to the flea market and stash management and just getting to the point where you have access to more stuff. If you wanted to summarize that, the, the beginning of the game is more punishing. And then we could argue all day long on what type of player or amount of playtime that it's more punishing for. Um, you kind of heard our opinion on that already. But now they've made some of the top end rewards. They've moved that line way out with Kappa. So I find it really interesting. It's kind of like Battlestate was like, all right, we're going <laughs> to we're going to mess with the beginning of the game. And, you know, low playtime players may have a rough time getting to level 20 or it's going to we're going to it's just going to be more challenging. But we're also going to remove some of the, you know, high end rewards and push them way out there. So they, <laughs> I don't know. I think they took the glove and slapped everybody a little bit this this wipe. Yeah, I hope that the kappa being so far out doesn't mean this wipe's going to be like a year long. <laughs> Boy, yeah, my goodness. I mean, at the end of the day, they they added some big systems to this. The factory revamp was not a huge you know, amount of like square footage added. And uh, yeah, so I mean, from a content perspective, yeah, they got a bunch of new systems in, they tweaked some stuff, they redid a map, but it it does beg the question, when are we going to see big changes come to Tarkov again? Yeah, it's interesting to me because Kappa's, as everybody knows who's listened to the show, Kappa's never been something that I found particularly compelling to really grind for just doesn't really interest me that much but for the people that it does interest i imagine having to get that much farther down the road in tarkov is going to be a significant thing because before was it level gated or was it just task based it was just task based and it yeah as soon as you finished all the tasks and you got your collector quest done now it was level gated in a sense because you did have to max all the traders for some of the tasks so effectively, I think you could theoretically get Kappa at level 40, but I think you, you'd you end up being quite a bit higher than that when you actually get it just due to the nature of some of the tasks. But yeah, so 40 was what technically the level gate was before. Okay. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I'd love to hear a comment from someone who is a person who regularly gets Kappa. Let us know down in the comment section. How, what do you think about this? Does this change anything for you? or just more Tarkov to play and you're happy about it, we'd love to hear some feedback on that because I think we're kind of curious. This is an interesting community question because it's really kind of a design choice on how the game would operate in a seasonal model. If they're looking to create something that's really hard to obtain, but still obtainable, you know, but only 0.01% of the people are ever going to get it, you know, it's an interesting uh, design choice. We'd love to hear uh, some community feedback on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I guess as we're kind of wrapping up on this patch, I, I guess I wanted to ask you, what's your like number one tip for getting back into Tarkov or shaking the rust off and getting started in the wipe? Like, What's been the biggest thing you've focused on to kind of get back in the groove of, of Tarkov this wipe? I think the biggest thing that I've had to refocus on was mechanics of aiming in Tarkov are different than in other shooter games that I play. They're for sure different than PUBG. They're for sure different than, you know, some of the older games that I still occasionally play. So the mechanics of aiming are something that I just had to get used to again, flick aiming, those kinds of things. I found myself actually kind of funny uh, observation. I found myself being really accurate with an OPS cast, and that is a gun that I used quite a bit, not in this past wipe, but the previous wipe, as I was learning and developing in Tarkov and getting, you know, good with just one gun at a time kind of thing. But I used a lot of that. And I kind of went back to that to start off when I was struggling a little bit. And it was really kind of like riding a bike. And then course now i'm using ak's and things like that as you kind of progress in weapons but i think aiming and the the technicals for me were something i really had to work with and you know just the other piece too is remembering the cheeky angles on different maps and it does all come back you play a map one or two times and like oh yeah i gotta go over here to do that you know or exactly where you are uh i still get lost on woods i get lost in the new part of woods and i have to think about it if I get over in that top left corner where the lakes are and the minefield is, and I'm just like, oh no, here we go. You know, stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's all about kind of just getting back into it, being a little rusty, shaking it off and getting through. How about you? I think like my number one thing was 
I died a fair amount in the first like seven or eight levels. And when I was thinking about it, I realized that I was holding the shift key a lot. I was sprinting a lot. And so one of the things that I did, and I think my recommendation would be for getting into this wipe and really focusing on progression is walk at full speed, don't sprint. As I've done that more and more, I realize just how often I get the jump on a player who's sprinting from area to area or is just sprinting a lot. So if you find yourself dying or having to react to the enemy a lot, you make a surprisingly reduced amount of noise when you're just walking at full speed versus sprinting. And I found that it gives me the jump on enemies a lot. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't sprint at certain times. Like if there's no cover and you're in an open field, yeah, like get out of the open field. But I've found myself walking at full speed a lot. You know, my survival rate has has been really good. You know, I was a little bit under 50% when I started, and now I'm hovering just uh, right around 60% um, after having those initial struggles. So take your time, move around, don't be in a hurry. It's okay to sit still for 20 seconds, 30 seconds, but don't feel the need to sprint everywhere, especially if you're trying to play solo a little bit. Everything you hear that's not you is something you can use to your advantage. So the more noise you make, the less environment and other player noises you hear. So try walking at full speed if, you, if you're if you normally someone who sprints from place to place. So that would be my number one tip for progressing through tasks is I don't sprint a whole lot unless I'm in a very exposed area. So yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, that's that's what I had, man. That's I think uh, for the new patch, I know we'll probably dig into more of these topics in detail, but I, I really wanted to kind of go over what this patch changed and, and some of the things that people are going to expect to see, especially those that didn't have a chance to jump in right away as the patch came out. Or maybe you've been out of Tarkov for a bit and this is what <laughs> this is what tells you there's a new wipe. Um, I, I would love to hear from the person who discovers that there is a wipe as a result of the podcast because they don't because <laughs> you don't listen to Tarkov news. That that would be pretty cool to hear. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. So I think I think that's all I got. Anything, any final thoughts about the the fresh wipe we're in? The only thing I would say is that uh, the wipe is is fun. It's at a very fun stage. So if you're listening to this in the next couple days after we publish it, uh, be sure to jump in and play. The beginning of the wipe is always the best time for Tarkov. Everybody is pretty much equally geared, and the fights last longer than just head eyes dead. And so it's it's a good time, some good PvP, it's some good uh, solid FPS, probably one of the best FPS experiences that I've ever had in the very first days of the wipe. So I encourage everyone to jump in, even if you're not going to play the whole wipe, jump in and enjoy the beginning of it. But that's pretty much it. I can see the green bar flashing, which means that we're moments away from disappearing. But before we do, a couple of quick things. If you're new to the show and you're new to Tarkov and this is your first wipe, Thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for finding our show, and I hope you enjoyed uh, tonight's episode. And if you are looking for a Tarkov community, you can join our Discord server. 2,200-plus active members that love Tarkov. We've got a couple other games in there, too. We've got PUBG, World of Warcraft, Among Us, a couple other ones. Lots of folks just gaming, hanging out, and just uh, being computer nerds, which is pretty fun. If you're looking to get a hold of me specifically, the best way to do that is to send me a message in Discord. So go ahead and join Discord. Link is in the description for the show, whether you're listening on audio or you're watching this on YouTube. Send me a uh, DM in Discord, and I do get back to people there all day long. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ronald Gaming. And a couple of days a week, I hang out in MTB Trigger's Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash MTB Trigger, where we uh, hang out, watch Trigger play Tarkov or play PUBG or WoW or whatever we're doing at the time. Outside of that, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com if you have something more formal you'd like to get to us. But that's pretty much it for me. Nice. And as for me, like Ronald said, you can find me a couple days a week on Twitch because of the new job that's been in the evening, which I haven't streamed in the evening in quite a while. But I am moving back to a couple nights a week. I'll be streaming and it'll be some PUBG, some Tarkov. Right now, it'll probably be mostly Tarkov just because I'm really enjoying the wipe so far. 
But you can find me on Twitch at MTP Trigger. I'm also on Twitter and Discord as well. My schedule for streaming is not as locked in stone as it was in the past, but hit the notification button, follow me on there if you want to tune into the stream. But that's, uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right. Well, as always, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show if in the audio version, wherever you get your audio podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Deezer, Pandora, Google, iHeartRadio, all the places you can listen to audio podcasts, we are there for you for free. You can also check out the show at youtube.com slash xpmedianow. And that is where we have all of our guides on for Tarkov. We have our guides for PUBG. We've got the Exo podcast, of course, the PUBG podcast. We've got some WoW content up there. All about gaming stuff, all for free, all for you guys, because we all love to talk about games. Leave a comment on this show down in the comment section on YouTube, or if you want to leave feedback for us in Discord, we have an episode feedback section just for talking about each week's episode. We'd love to hear what you think. We want to wish you good luck in the new wipe. We'll look forward to seeing you in game, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See ya.